Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soprano Cast. Nate Maxson here, along with my associate, Mr. Archie Mitchell. What's up, everybody? And uh, we hope everybody had a happy holiday season. We hope you missed yeah. us. Life has been yeah. life has been happening to the both of us. So, but we're back on track. We're ready to get get going and uh, rolling into the last three episodes. As we go through the next three episodes of our show, we'll be rounding up season one and shit's getting good oh yeah and i just i'd like the rumors are not true nate nate and i were not in witness protection we didn't flip <laughs> we we, we were, we're still on the up and up with the sopranos and um nate some people may not know this but right now we're in the middle of january and it is actually the 25 year anniversary of the sopranos yes and as a matter so, of fact it's funny that you mentioned that because i wrote that down yeah um I noticed on HBO Max they had yes. like a whole they have a whole Sopranos hub of a bunch of stuff that when I have a minute when I have a little free time I definitely want to dig into some of that, oh, yeah. that they it, have it, on there a lot of the extras. Well, here's the thing: you ever find yourself asking a question about the Sopranos that you didn't really want the answer for, but you were like, "How the hell did this happen?" Yes, that's what those hidden gem to extra fifteen or twenty five seconds clips are you know <laughs> yes yes it's like like we all ask the question how did everybody find out that tony tried to suffocate his mother with a pillow in the in nursing home but we never really expected an answer well one of those hidden uh you know uh, missing 25 second videos that they have up tells you the answer to that and i'll be honest with you at the end of it i was like i really don't care i'll be right <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? it, it didn't matter as much as i thought it did right right because it just really didn't make any sense anymore once they explained it but it is what it is it, it's it's hbo let's be honest milking what they can out of the sopranos and seeing if people are going to go we want a part two to the many saints of, of newark you know right right so but it's still and, good and the uh i think that speaking of that i was thinking about that the other day because it's a part because it's a part of the uh, of the story <laughs> I think the last episode, unless they do something between now and then, but I think the last episode of this show, because it was the la the latest thing that's been produced, right. instead of instead of our last episode being the last episode of the Sopranos, our last episode of this podcast will probably be reviewing that movie. That's um, going to be a short movie, short episode for me yeah, because I only yeah. like the last ten minutes of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're going to be in the same boat there. I'm not a yeah. fan. But we'll get there when we get there. You know, I don't want to get into it too much, but I will just say, Ray Liotta, who was a fantastic member of the mob in Goodfellas, and, and actually played a mobster in a couple of different movies, but mm -hmm. mainly Goodfellas. My God, was he bad in that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof, it was just, I don't know. I I, I just I wonder I wonder looking back on it now, knowing what we know now, I wonder if he was in poor health or something, you know, during Maybe, the, during but the I filming. Think was, I think it was just the character altogether. I don't know. It was like mm -hmm. I don't know. It just it was weird. It was weird, but we'll get into that when the time is right. Yes. You know. I will say I will and I again, like you said, I, I don't want to harp on it too much. But to be honest with you, my favorite thing about that movie is 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 Junior. Junior and, and that last 10 minutes when yeah. you, you see Tony becoming Tony somewhat, mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? And obviously it's his son that's playing, James Gandolfini's son is playing Tony Soprano in The Many Saints of Newark. And then the Sopranos music hits and you're just like, oh. Yeah. Leaves you know you what want, I mean? Leaves you wanting more. Definitely I wanted more, right. More. Yes. Right. You know, and you finally figure out, find out what happened to Christopher's dad. You finally figure out what, you know, Tony, you see a little bit of Tony's dad, which I will say this, the actor they chose to play Johnny Soprano as much as I liked him, maybe not the best casting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we've seen Johnny Soprano on The Sopranos before as this big, uh, monstrous-looking man. Right. And then the guy they casted in the movie was sort of like, well, all right, he's Meh, passable. Yeah. Meh. You know? Well, the, the end of that movie was kind of like, did you watch the, uh, the TV series Gotham? Yes. Okay, it was kind of like watching the, the the last ten minutes of that movie were kind of like when you watch the last episode of Gotham, where right. when Gotham ends, I'm still yeah. waiting for them to make a new Batman series using right. that story, using those characters, because you right. just got to the point where Bruce was becoming Batman. Right. Exactly. And I know that I know the point of that series was to show the you know up till he becomes Batman, mm-hmm. but. It would have been that would have been a great base for a new Batman TV series. Oh, without, I hope, without I hope, doubt. I, I hope that one day they do that. I agree with you one hundred percent. That kid they picked to play him, the young man they they picked to play the Joker, uh, you know, the young lady they picked to play Catwoman, fantastic. Yeah, they, yeah. it was part, even Alfred and Commissioner Gordon. Well done on picking a cast that matched what we've always known about Batman. You know, yeah, and then so, and then doing just enough different. Right. Where you where it left you guessing. Like I love the I know this isn't about that <coughs> show, folks, but I loved the fact that throughout that series they kept us guessing on who's who's the Joker, who's the Joker, who's right. the Joker. You know, right. you thought that one kid was gonna be the Joker and then he wasn't. And then you thought the other kid was gonna be the Joker, and then yeah, they did a great job with that oh, yeah. series. Oh yeah. Very well done. But the episode of television that we're talking about today is episode eleven of season one of the Sopranos. It is Nobody Knows Anything. The original air date was March 21st, 1999. Lots of good stuff in this. I don't have hardly anything negative to say about this episode. Oh, no. This one and the next one are two of my absolute favorite Soprano episodes, if not my favorite. You know what I mean? Right up there with Pine Barrens and a couple other ones Mm -hmm. because it's the beginning. Yeah, I know that sounds crazy. We're we're ten episodes in, eleven episodes in, and I say it's the beginning, but no, it's the absolute beginning of where you're at the edge of your seat, going yes, yes, yeah, you know. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's fantastic, especially after the you know the last couple of episodes were kind of just there. Well, you they know, were family heavy. They yeah, espe- heavy. especially that last one. You know, like I said before. Um, when we when we did this, the a hit is a hit. That's one of my least favorite episodes in the series. Right. Right. Whereas now we get into some of like I'm much like you. This is one of my favorite, my favorite, my favorite one of my favorite three episode arcs that we're about to embark right. on here. Right. And here's the thing: at this point in time for The Sopranos, HBO already told them, "Oh, we're picking you up for another episode season." In fact, we're picking up for another couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. There was this wasn't like one of those shows where they were in question, are we gonna get renewed? You know, by episode five, they knew they were renewing them. Right. So the fact that they chose to go this hard with eleven, twelve, and thirteen 
goes to show how great of a writer and producer David Chase was that he knew there were still bigger things to come than this. Mm -hmm. You know, because everything that happened in these three episodes could have been the whole series. You know, it, yes. was, it was so much, it was, it just went from height to height to height and you're like, oh God, I can't take anymore. And then you get to have a season two and you're like, Jesus Christ, it's still going. It's yeah. getting worse. It's getting be worse, but better for us. It's getting worse mm -hmm. for him, but better for us. Fantastic. But the, uh, the, ep this episode starts out, we, we have the theme at the, we have to start out the episode with Puss throwing out his back. Oh God. Because of all the places. <laughs> yeah, at a bordello at a bordello yep. of all places yep. um and of course my my least favorite character we'll get to that that why i was happy later in this episode oh, my yeah. least my <laughs> least favorite character mckazian is there also at yes. the bordello uh but it's a very important plot point for the show for puss to throw at his back here and then he is at uh, Jimmy Altieri's social club. Well, wait. You're oh. forgetting one of the best characters to ever make a cameo in The Sopranos ever. <coughs> Dr. Mopinglo. Ah, yes, yes, yes. There is a doctor <laughs> who goes to the bordello and wants the young lady of the night to dress him as a maid and, <laughs> I guess, have her way with him. <laughs> and I, I swear you're watching pussy they think he's having a heart attack and they're like oh god it's his heart and he's like no it's just my back and then this madam says go get dr mop and glow and you're expecting at least a guy in like a shirt and a pair of underwear to come through because he's a doctor you know what i mean but a man in a full-on maid's outfit walks into the hall yes. holding a, a, a this sponge and checking pussy's back out it's like ridiculous <laughs> you know, and Tony's just sitting there going, "What? Like, where am I?" Yeah, what the fuck yeah. is going on? It's like you do you, just help my friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I did not write that down. I'm glad you uh, you thought of it because yeah, I didn't write that down when I was taking my notes. It's one of the weirdest <laughs> things they've ever done on this show. You know, it's like a grown ass man in a maid so yes, then they go to Jimmy Alpieri's, uh I guess it's his bar or hangout or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And our friends from the Federal Bureau of Investigation show up. Yes. It is a, uh, a raid. And Jimmy's like, it's just a friendly card game. Meanwhile, there's like $40,000 on the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think and if then, I wrote it down, I think if I wrote it down correctly... Little fun thing here. They find they find all the guns in the pool table. Yeah, like that one agent just decided I'm gonna roll this ball on this table and make sure it's real. Like right, yeah. You know, <laughs> it just so yeah. happens. But it's fun anyway. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. Pussy's inching out the door, you know, waiting until their eyes aren't on him. Tries to run. Oof. <laughs> God. I haven't seen running that bad since the last time I was on a treadmill. Yeah, the man, the man, the man's run is barely a jog. Let's just yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Um, they catch him. He goes to prison, and then he's out in like an hour. Yeah, but let's let's let's. Um, okay, so Jimmy goes with him to jail, mm -hmm. and yeah, but yeah, Pussy gets out before Jimmy does. Right. Um, right. 
things. And that's an important, another important plot. There's, there's, there's so much interweaving in this episode, you know, stuff you have to keep track of that because right. you're, we're, we're, I like the fact that, uh, that uh, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I like the fact that they, as uh, telling us the story, they never show us whether or not pussy is an informant. Like they don't, they don't, right. they don't give, they don't give you the info either way as the viewers, so we can all be there with Tony trying to guess if this betrayal has happened. Right, They're, they want us to draw our own conclusion on whether he is an informant or not, and you know it, that ha they're at the club now. They're at the bottom being. They're all waiting for Pussy to get out. Here he comes. He's pissed off. His back is hurting. He's barking and hollering. Junior's like, "Hey, we don't run." We don't run. Yeah. And then he he, rip, he rips he rips a fart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walks away. And then he walks away. And as a group of friends, I mean, who amongst us who have never been in our group of friends, when one fr friend walks away, everybody should talk to him. Right. You know what I mean? And Paul's like, there's nothing even wrong with his back. He, you know, I, I went to a specialist and he works on the Jets and he did this that. And but he doesn't even want to make his collections. And I offered him, and like, and I, I, watching that scene made me think of all my, me and all my buddies hanging out when one of us goes home or, you know, goes for a drink or whatever. The shit talk immediately started. Yeah. Nothing to do with him just getting arrested. It was about his personality. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We, we all, we all love our friends, but we have that one or two things about them that grinds our gears. Right. And, exactly. uh, yeah. But, yeah, like Archie said, Junior Junior kind of I wrote down here, Junior makes a point to tell Pussy that we do not run or we right. don't run. And right. uh then we get Tony meeting with uh Macazian, who everybody knows Macazian's like my least favorite character in this show. Right. I don't know why, because I really do John is it John Hurd? Is that the actor's name? I really right. do like that guy as an actor. I just can't stand this character. I don't know why. It just and it's not even the dirty cop thing or whatever. It right. just, it, 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 it's just the way he plays it. Yeah, it just rubs mm. me the wrong way. And again, I've seen this actor in many other things where I really liked him. Fuck, he right. was the dad in Home Alone. Right. <laughs> you know, right. but I, just in this show in this role, I am not a fan. But well, the the funny thing that comes from him playing this scene, this this part altogether, is there's a meme. That said, oh, you yeah. ever wonder what Kevin McAllister's dad did to own that big house and take fourteen grown adults, fifteen grown adults, and twenty kids to Paris? And it's like, oh and then yeah. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, he's dirty and he he owes Tony a bunch of money. But the thing that pissed me off the most was the way he came off to Tony. Yeah, like, very oh, no, I write no high and no know how you doing, and this was like, dude, you're an informant. Yeah, I, I even wrote. I even wrote down here. He's a little confrontational here. I mean, we can kind of sort of see later on, you know, because obviously by what happens later on in the episode, mm -hmm. the man's under a lot of stress, and uh, so he's feeling a little edgy. Right. But he informs Tony that Pussy is an FBI informant and that he cut the deal when he was in Vegas. Right. And at first, right. of course, Tony doesn't want to believe it. Right. Yeah, well, of course, this is one of those guys that Tony grew up with that worked for his father. So you, you, you see the loyalty there from Tony's eyes. You know what I mean? If he would have told him it was Paulie, Silvio, or, or Pussy, 
Tony would have been the same amount of shots because these are all guys I grew up with mm-hmm. that are only a few years older than me, but treated me like a grown ass man and, you know, helped me do my first work in the mob and whatnot. <laughs> and all he's convinced about is show me the 302. That's all he keeps saying. Show me the three. I guess that's the wiretap. It's know, the, 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 uh, I, yeah, I actually, I actually looked, I actually looked because mm-hmm. I wasn't sure exactly what the three, I knew it was some sort of a file. Right. But according to according to what I could find, the 302 is would be the official file that says that Pussy is an informant that actually has his name on the file saying okay. offic- officially this guy, you know, it'd be the, the what the FBI has right specifically with his information on it. Tony wants to see he wants he essentially wants to see Pussy's name in black and white. Right. And you know. that's why I guess he's so adamant. The, the cop is so adamant. It's not easy for me to get that, you know, because that's obviously in their file. So why would he be looking? He's not a part of the FBI as a cop. So for right. him to go to the FBI and go, hey, I need to see a 302 on Bump and Zero is not that easy. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll find that out even later on in time. The FBI and the police don't seem to work that well to each other when it comes to the mob. So, yes. you know, but yeah, Tony's bewildered now. And he, he doesn't know who to turn to. He doesn't know who to tell this to first. Mm-hmm. Because if he tells one of the guys who are like a whack job, they might just pull off and go kill pussy without, you know, any rhyme or reason. Right. If he tells right. one of the guys that he trusts but doesn't, you know, they ain't going to give him the right advice. He's really struggling now. What do I do with this information? Mm-hmm. And, so. and, and, and and Paulie, because pussy's not collecting and he's blaming his back pain on the why he's right. not collecting. Right. And Paulie pretty much, I think, if I remember correctly, and of course, sometimes when we're going through the shows like we do, sometimes we get out of order with things. But it doesn't matter if you're talking about the story, it's the story. But right. um, Paulie pretty much goes to the same doctor as Pussy. Mm-hmm. And he's been told that there's nothing wrong with his back. Right. Um, right. Tony tries to kind of. Kind of try to test the waters uh, when he, they have the open house at their house. Right, try to get out, move the piano, move the piano, and he won't. He won't do that. You know, he's he's being, of course, he's being cautious, and right, and uh, so pretty much Tony tells Chris and Polly to keep an eye. Right, and then Chris tells Tony, uh, tells Polly something that I don't even think Tony knew at the time that he's been popping Percocets like it's going out of style. Mm-hmm. You know, like their M&Ms was the exact uh, way, uh, you know. So, yeah, uh, Chris knows this about him. Paulie knows this about him. Tony's now finding out that he might be an informant. So a lot of the inner workings of the pussy character is coming out in into why he might be having his final meltdown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're not quite sure what we're getting at with him. And, again, Tony still hasn't told anybody anything, but he's telling them, you know, watch out for him, you know. And right. here's Paulie going, well, I offered to make his collections for him, but he won't give me a, a damn list. So, you know, it and, looks like he's getting sloppy. And well, and it's 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 some of the this is not only this is not only great, great de- character development, you know, watching watching not only this is great character development episode for um not only Pussy, but also Polly, because you know you show kind of as we go through the show, we'll get there, but you show, you can see we're, we're establishing how loyal Polly is. Right. 
And this is great character development for Tony because I, you know, you in so many instances, and that's why The Sopranos is great because I love mob movies, but in a movie, right. in a movie, I have two hours. Right. And I can't really flesh out the human being side of this mobster, you know? Right. Um, and and it, that's what's great about this show is you know you you get to see you get to see the humanity of Tony Soprano too. Like, yes, this is the business. Yes, I I, I you know if somebody if somebody's betraying us, we have to pop them. But you get to see his his internal conflict. Right. And right. it's so you know it's and and obviously Gandolfini does a fantastic job. They picked the perfect guy to play this character. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, even his castmates have said that about him before uh, during interviews that James Gandolfini was the absolute perfect person for playing Tony Soprano. And they don't think they could have seen themselves working with anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you see him really struggling with what he should do about this. Should he tell one of the other guys? Should he find out if it's true and maybe kill Tussie himself? Yeah. Should he maybe let him off the hook? You know, because he's, he's kind of battling that a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it really does leave a lot uh, to be desired and, and questioned as to what's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so let me see what's next on my notes here. We covered the 302 thing. We have the little, the little confrontation between Carmela at the <laughs> nursing home with Livia. Yeah. And Carmela pretty much has had it with Livia's bullshit. You know, she tells her yeah. to cut the drama, you know, and and of course, as we all know, Livia, Livia is crazy, but she is also very conniving. So she's she's it's so funny because she's playing, but she's not playing. You know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. You can see just how conniving she is because Carmela doesn't really say anything to her at first. She just says, I bought you some food. Right. You know what I mean? Here's this whatever manicotti, whatever. Uh, well, no, I don't. I can't eat that. Well, then give it to one of the girls at the. I don't deal with these people. Okay, fine. Well, then maybe Junior will like it when you come when he comes to see you. Uh, do you really think I would run around with my brother-in-law? And then it yeah. turns into from her going to that to, you know, Junior isn't half the man my Johnny was. And it's like, oh, so let me get this straight. You're throwing the guy who you're trying to use to help you kill your son under the bus. Yes. You know what <laughs> I mean? So that was her. She went from crying to angry to conniving to then helpless again, all in five minutes. Yeah, so. and that is why that is why, as far as as far and I always say it, and sometimes I get a sideways look from people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes they nod in agreement. Livia Soprano is low key one of the best villains in TV history. Oh, without just be just because of just the the those those elements to her character is just yeah. I don't know it's just she's so fucking conniving. It's like and very very rarely do you look at a little old lady and just wish she'd die. But right, and <laughs> and that's why the show was so devastated when she actually did die halfway through filming because well, what the hell do we do now? Right. And they had to CGI her head from other episodes on somebody else's body just to get those last three or four episodes done. Because mm -hmm. without her, there was no show. Right, right. You know, you have to get to at least the climax of her character in order to make the show relevant again. Otherwise, it's just, well, where the hell did his mother go? 
Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> you couldn't have her ascend up the stairs like, uh, um, what you call it, Richie Cunningham's brother, and never show his face again. Right. You know, <laughs> she had to have an ending to her character. Yes, and it had to be dramatic. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, then another thing to the next thing, unless you had something else on that. Um, um honestly and truthfully, in, in my opinion. The only other thing I have to say was Tony's two biggest thorns in his side having an argument. Yeah. His wife, who drove (laughs) drove him crazy over everything she wanted, and his mother, who drove him crazy over everything she wanted. So, you know, there was no lesser of the two evils in this argument that went on. So, a couple of things next. And I, I, I hope, like I said, I always look at my notes. I'm like, okay, did I miss something and make sure this is in order or we haven't already discussed it? But the next two things are two things of what I was just talking about, about the characters. Mm-hmm. Tony's at Pussy's house. Yes. And Tony is trying to tell him, he's trying to tell Pussy he knows without telling him he knows. Right. He's trying so hard to even, even when he thinks there's a slight chance that this man could be betraying him. He's still trying to be a friend to him. Yeah. And, and then still on the, battling. And uh, yes. And on the flip side, like I said about the loyalty in the next scene, Tony and Polly are talking and no matter what the situation, Polly's saying to, essentially to Tony, he's, he's seeing that this is weighing heavy on Tony and uh-huh. he's saying, He's saying, "I will, I will be the one to do the hit." Right, and exactly. and 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 what that is is these three guys are like, you know, they're like the three stooges. They're the three yeah. amigos, and he's like, you know, I, I, although we, although we feel we have to kill our friend, it should be one of us that does it, not somebody right. else. Exactly. Well, and it's it's deep. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a deep yeah. thing for these guys. Oh yeah, and again, that that brings them into the human side of things to make you relate. Not that we any of us would murder our friends or have ever murdered our friends, but how many of us have had a problem or heard that a friend was doing something that we didn't like, and instead of just out and out going to them and saying, hey, I know what you're doing, you go to them and you hang out with them for the day, like mm-hmm. Tony did. You bring them a gift or something to eat or whatever, like you did by bringing them cannolis, and you feel him out and see what he's going to say. And all pussy can really say is, my back, my back, my back. Which, right. From what Paul he told him already, he don't have a bad back. Yeah, it's bad, but it's not as bad as he's making it out to see. So Tony's conflicted there. He pats him down when they get up, if you pay attention, to see if maybe he's wearing a wire when he first got there or whatnot. You know, he hugs him, he, you know, pats him on the back, on the chest, whatever. But then when he gets together with Paul, you see the loyalty from Paul with the you see the utter betrayal on Paulie's face. Of how could he do this to us after all these years? Yes. But then the loyalty to Tony by him telling him, "You don't have to do this. It doesn't have to be your fault. It, I'll take. I'll do it. I'll take the blame. Yeah. Let me do it." And when Tony fights, he says, "Nope. If it has to be done, I'm going to do it." You know. He says, "No. You've been waiting to be the boss for all this time, so it should be me that does it." So, you see that that again we saw we see it throughout the entire series. Paulie loved Tony mm-hmm. unconditionally and always wanted to make sure Tony didn't feel any pain or threat and was there for him. And 
Tony gets a couple of revelations here in the next couple of scenes. First, he goes to the nursing home. He's talking to the lady (laughs) in the office. You know, it's just, you know, your casual conversation about how his mom's doing and everything. But she brings up the fact that Junior is visiting Libya. Right. Which that obviously, you know, Tony's like, what? (laughs) Right. I, I, my the thing is, I'm sure he wouldn't have been alarmed about it had somebody ever had mentioned it to him. You know, because you're not you're not going to really be alarmed that your mother and your uncle are interacting with each other. No, but the fact that they're interacting with each other and he has never had any clue whatsoever that it's been going on is what triggers that. You know, in his mind. Well, yeah, but see here, he also knows this already. He knows his mom knows that he's in therapy. And that, you know, because, you know, they let it slip out and she's thrown little subtle hints. So she know he knows that. His mother also knows that he's moved uh, a couple of his capos' mothers in the nursing home there with her and that he comes and meets them sometimes. So mm-hmm. he's not quite sure what this, pardon me, I hate to call anybody's mother deranged, but this out-of-her-mind deranged woman might say in passing to his uncle who's right. already threatened him before earlier in the se- this season you know by yeah. telling him come heavy so he's not quite sure what might happen you know so he's questioning it oh wait really wait nobody told me you could come in here for what right. <laughs> you know is he coming just to be a little old man and hang out with her or is he coming here to find out inner workings of my life you know and, and so that's a revelation for him Polly gets a revelation, whether good or bad, in the next scene, because what he's trying to do is think, figure out if Pussy has wire, obviously. And he went about it in such a crazy way. Yeah, he really did. It's it's the it's and I think what it is from a character standpoint is it's the frustration of I think really it's not so much that he wants to see that Pussy is wearing a wire. I think he wants to see that he's not wearing. Right. You know, he wants to believe that his friend is not an informant. Of course. Of so, course. but he, he tells him, you know, it's good for your back, the heat, come to the pool, come to the sauna. So they go to the right. sauna. And where Polly makes his mistake, like Archie was kind of alluding to here, is he gets super pissed off at Pussy for not mm-hmm. wanting to take his clothes off, which, you know, I'm sure Pussy's been in the mafia long enough where he can see that this is pretty exactly. obvious. The, you know, like this motherfucker. <laughs> she had Paulie heard him out from the get when he said, I'm, the heat is no good for me, and heard the reasons why he might have not gotten as pissed. Mm-hmm. He ends up sitting there with egg on his face at the end of it all. Yeah. But, as you said, Paulie wants to see that there is no wire there. He's not hoping there's a wire there. It right. would make him feel better if there was no wire there because he wouldn't have to kill one of his best friends. You know, but... When he goes, take, take your clothes off, take your clothes off, take your clothes off, you know, over and over and over again. Now, Pussy starts to think back to, and I'm sure we've all seen Dottie Brasco. Right. <laughs> the people that come to kill you nine times out of ten, man, to be being your best friend. Mm-hmm. So he gets weary, and then he yells at Paulie and tells him, you stupid son of a bitch, I have high blood pressure. If I go in there, I could check out, which if you have high blood pressure, any doctor will have told you this. So he's yes. not lying in that aspect. <laughs> yes. So he gets pissy and he walks out and Paulie's just there like, well, shit. 
<laughs> that one, you know. And then now we come to Tony's next revelation. Silvio has done his work as well. Good on him. And he has found out that uh, that uh, Macazian is is into pussy for like thirty grand. Right. Which, so now, let me yeah, ask what you is a question to... though. Sure. Macazian was already into Tony for like hundreds of thousands. So what was another thirty grand to him? Right. You well, and I think is... I think that's I think that's what I was saying about from a character standpoint. You don't realize it earlier in the episode. But I think once you get to this point in the episode and you realize how deep this guy is in, that's right. probably why he was so on edge and confrontational at the beginning of the episode. Because more than you know, likely, yeah, his his stress, his obviously his stress is uh, is getting getting the best of him. Well, and, yeah, uh, and you know he he explains to Tony because they meet a second time and he's like, you know, it's definitely pussy. It it, it, it has to be him. It's the make and model of who you know they're saying it is, whatnot, and. You know, then he explains to Tony why he goes and goes to the bordello that they go to and is, you know, in love with the madam. And Tony's like, yeah, well, if a woman, you know, if I had a woman that I'd go have sex with every week, I, I would, too. It's like, I've never had sex with her. I just go there and talk to her. She's like a therapist for me. And then Tony calms down mm -hmm. because he realizes, oh, well, I have a therapist I go speak to. Right. So he makes it, it gets them a little closer. But then when Silvio tells him, well, he's in the you know, pussy for 30 large. Tony's just like, oh, okay. Well, then that's why he's making this shit up. Right. Which yep. again, if I owed somebody 200 grand and then I owed one of their friends 30 grand, my main thought would be, well, which one of them is going to kill me first? Not to make right. a, a rumor about the other one. <laughs> you know? So. It, but uh, just... our, our, uh, our friend Vin here. Mm-hmm. He he is at the bordello. The uh, the place gets raided. Yeah, yeah. The, the the FBI decides to raid the bordello all of a sudden, and they find one of Tony's couples in there. Mm -hmm. The doctor, Doctor Moppenglow, who we saw yeah. earlier, <laughs> and Vin mm -hmm. hanging out in the bordello, and it was one of my favorite lines of the whole episode. Wow, a doctor, a, a mobster, and a cop. In a bordello. That's what, that doesn't have the makings of a joke. I don't know what is. And then they walk them away. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it, it, and this scene is again, folks. Uh, like I alluded to earlier in the show, I know it's morbid, but yeah. uh, so essentially, Macazian knowing that he's in all this money now, his reputation shot as a cop. He's probably right. going to lose his job. Right, which is no good to Tony then. So what? Right. Does do what does that do? So uh, for he get he t makes one final use of his badge to get himself through traffic. Yeah, and then he yeah. goes to the bridge, and he leaps off. And my okay. least favorite character of the show. I'm done. He sleeps with the fishes. I'm done. Right, right. <laughs> he took it. I guess in his mind, uh. I'm, I'm taking my own life before Tony Soprano or one of his crew take me out. Yes. You know what I mean? Because if it yep. does come out that Pussy is not an informant, Tony's going to be pissed off and try to kill him anyway. Mm -hmm. And you still owe us all this money, and now you're not a cop? Well, yeah, you've got to go no matter what. Yes. You know too much shit about us for you to stay alive. So, yeah, he it was the only move was jump off the bridge. <laughs> 
And um, back to our conniving Libya in the next episode. Oh, God. Oh, God. This was bad. It's, she let it's, everything out she could. Yes. Here. She just poured it, it all out. I, I I put down here, Libya is firing Junior up. You know, yeah. he she's, she's mad that the house was sold. Right. She tells Junior that uh, several capos have placed their mothers in the uh, retirement community and hold meetings there. Yep. Um, she mentions Johnny Sack. Yep. And she essentially, and, and this is where I'm saying, what a villain. This woman is essentially firing up Junior to kill her son. Yes. Without any reason. She just Junior, went, yeah, let him go. Junior, to his credit, has had some conflict about that. He, you know, I think, you know, and as the show goes on, we're going to see it more and more. No matter their confrontational relationship, Tony and Junior really do love each other. At this point in their lives, yes. Yes. Junior has this love for Tony because he obviously was never married, never had a son. You saw the way he had the upbringing. He was always there for Tony and helping him and, you know, taking him to baseball games when he was younger and things like that. So, yes, he had this father-son relationship after Johnny went away to be there for Tony. So now hearing all this, he you know, he actually stutters with his words and says things like, you know, if I don't act, and then he stops. And he, blood yeah. or no blood, and then he stops himself because he's basically trying to tell her, you're leaving me no out but to kill him here. Right, yes. And she's not even, she's crying, but she's not saying, no, please don't. Oh yeah, she's of course she's like, not. Yeah, I know what you have to do. Of you know, course I'm she's no, not. I know she's, what you're doing. doing, doing. She's, do, she's doing her fake cry with her little tissue up to her nose and right. waving her waving her hand and right, just being the conniving bitch that she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Well, then, as we are getting, we're getting to the end of the episode. Yep. Um, Jimmy shows up. At dinner time yeah. at the Soprano house. Mm-hmm. Now, this is already uh, like three or four days after Pussy got out. So Jimmy yeah. spent a couple of days in prison. Yeah. So. Um, but Jimmy starts asking questions that lean Tony to realize, and I quote, that the so- that Vin's source <laughs> mixed up the two fat fucks fuck. with black yep. hair. <laughs> yep. Yep. But essentially, Jimmy's line of questioning here about the Colombian, you know, the, the drug heist. Yeah, you're asking questions about stuff we've already covered. Right. You're like, yes. you're trying to get me on tape. And Tony knows because Tony has said this many of times in many of episodes. Stronger guys have flipped on the mob. And, and became an informant, whether they've been in for two hours, let alone four days at the, the, you know, the jail. So he understood, oh, this guy's been sitting there talking to them and telling them everything he can. And now right. that he's asking me all these stupid questions again. Yeah, it's definitely a miss, a miss uh, judgment on who it was. You know, it's just two fat mobsters in, in uh, jogging outfits. Whoops. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, like I said, that that triggers the that triggers the thought in Tony's head. He figures it out. Um, so he now he yells at Paulie and thinks he's trying to hear if Paulie maybe did something wrong because he's been out missing for a couple days. Yeah, and and he he is he's he confronts Paulie, you know, about you know hoping that he didn't jump the gun, right? You know, 
And, and Polly says, you know, that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. You never took his clothes off, right? Right. Yes. So there's there's conflict but relief with Tony right. in that. Right. Um but he lets them in on that it's Jimmy real quick. He doesn't even yeah, think oh, the old got goddamn right he does. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, We ain't got no holy dude for this guy. We can take him out. He's like, I've gone through all this bullshit for like four days. Right. And uh, now that I've figured it out, we're going to take care of our problem. Right. <laughs> um, right. And speaking of somebody taking care of a problem, we kind of <laughs> wrap the episode up with Junior finally making his decision. Yep. And he's leaving it in that little douchebag Mikey's hands to find hitmen from out of town. But he has decided he wants to do the hit on Tony. And what does that idiot go and do? <laughs> Buy his wife a microwave. Yeah. Like, that's how you're celebrating? Because he hit, in Mikey's mind, if they kill Tony, he's taking over the Soprano crew. Right. That wasn't going to happen. No. I think, no. I think if, in, a, in an alternate universe, if Mikey kills Tony and tries to take over the Soprano crew, Christopher would have stabbed him through the eye. Most to definitely. Get back, to get back for Brandon. So... Yes. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't making it a dick in Soprano <laughs> And I, I promise you, as far as uh, you know, and with with uh with Tony being the one that took the hit, if Mikey had done that, then he probably would have been on the bad side of, of Silvio and Polly too. So oh without a doubt, they wouldn't yeah. have they would have looked at, at Junior and said, What are you doing? Why are we not promoting from within? Right. You know. So yeah, but it was it was the stupid. He brings his wife, you know, he brings his wife a microwave to <laughs> celebrate his promotion, I guess. And then talk, yeah, talks yeah. his game, gives her information she probably shouldn't have. Right. And yeah, just what an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's there's all these great scenes with Tony and Carmela when she asks him certain questions, and he goes full on Michael Colleone with her and yeah. tells her, "Don't ask me about certain things." And then there's these scenes where he doesn't do that, but he looks at her and goes, Carm, don't make me make you an accessory after the fact. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, here's a soldier, this putz, Mikey, who's telling his wife everything. And she's not even acting. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're showing up for no reason, man. Right. Right. But I'll say this. I actually, um, I think this is might be the first episode that I have. I know I've done some four and a halves. Yep. This might be the first one I give a five out of five. I can find almost, there's nothing wrong with this episode. Nothing wrong it's perfect. With it. Nothing perfect. wrong with it. If you rate this on one of the, you know, if you're going by like other TV series, this is right up there with one of the best episodes in TV. Yes. You know, or cable TV anyway, because... It sewed. It it made a lot of loose ends, but it sewed together a lot of loose ends too. Mm -hmm. And you now, if you go back to 1999, you're chomping at the bit for the next episode. Absolutely, yes. So, you know, that well, that's, I, I agree. Five all the way. Five out of five. And I want to thank everybody. I know Archie does too for joining yes, us I on do. this week's episode of the Soprano Cast. Next week, we'll be covering another fantastic episode of The Sopranos. It's the fan, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, season one, episode 12. Next week, Isabella. Um, yeah. Do join us on 
of course, if you're you're listening, you know about the WNR Podcast Network. You're probably in our Facebook group or following our Facebook page. If you're not, do so. And if you are, let your friends know. Let your mama know. Let your daddy know. Let everybody know. Yes. And as I always say, because uh, I'm just trying to keep people in the loop, if you do prefer to listen to your podcast on YouTube, you can look for the WNR Podcast Network on YouTube. And I do put YouTube versions of all of our episodes on there as well. So you can... Go and if you go, if you do go and listen to the show on YouTube, please click the subscribe button and let your friends know about that too. I agree, Archie. Any parting words for our listeners this week? No, I think you got it all out there. All right, well, we will continue as we trudge through the the uh, end of season one for the next two episodes. We'll see you next week, everybody. Like I said, it will be Isabella, and we'll see you then. Good night, everybody. <laughs>